Hey, spooky people. Welcome back to yet another episode of Unknown Compelling Force. Bam! Starring me, Marissa, and me, Emily. It's us. Have you missed us? We're back. <laughs> um, we're back post Halloween. Yeah, with our regularly scheduled, adi- not adequately, I'd say moderately researched. <laughs> moderately topics. researched topics that we are going to share with you while drinking White Claws. Um, <laughs> Halloween was fun. It was, it was good. Great. We are. I'm officially in my off season. I'm just depressed. I I mean, yeah. <laughs> not that much though. I mean, it's still Halloween in our hearts. It's only yeah. like October 39th, so it's fine. <laughs> We, it's not fucking Christmas season, my guy. Like, yeah, don't even it, bring that shit up. Dedeck the halls, please. Uh, pump the brakes. We still have all of our Halloween decorations. Mariah up. Carey, go back in your basement. Crawl We're back not ready. into your cave until at least December first, please. Mariah. Yeah, literally. Michael Bublé, don't you get started in this too? <laughs> it's not your time yet. We are. He still... already did. He posted a TikTok. Of course he did. It's like no, just delete. Please don't do delete. that. Delete. <laughs> delete your account, bro. <laughs> Um, hope everybody else had a super fun Halloween, whether you were staying in or partying it up or trick-or-treating, whatever the fuck you were doing. I hope it was fun. We had lots of fun. We did a lot of things. And we got quite a few trick-or-treaters, which I was surprised. We did. We got trick-or-treaters for, like, the first time ever. Because I grew up in the country, so we didn't have them. And then I've lived in this neighborhood for a few years now, and this was the first time we actually got them. Yeah. Like... Oh, actually, I was sitting on the couch, I was editing the podcast, mm-hmm. and people kept coming up onto the porch, and I'd get so excited, and run up there with my candy bowl, they were so cute. We never got trick-or-treaters either, because my street was always so busy, like, car-wise, and people oh. go, like, 40 miles an hour down the street, even though you're not supposed to. Yeah. That's me, though. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. As much as I'm sad about fucking daylight savings time, mm-hmm. it is nice to be able to, like, we're recording in the dark again. Yeah, and, like, we can record early, yeah. but it's gonna be dark. Because, honestly, even before daylight savings time, when it started to get dark, it was already your bedtime, so. <laughs> <laughs> Roasted. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, now we can record in the dark, which is fun. Um, the seasonal depression. Is it worth it? Test that's audiences hard. say no. Yeah, that's that's a hard, that's a tough one. It's, you know, we're going into the dark season, folks. I'm telling you, I went to my internship this morning. I was there at 9 a.m. I'm in an office that has no windows. I didn't get out of that building until 5 o'clock, and it was dark, and it was just trippy as fuck. Bro, I go to work when it's dark. I get home when Ugh. it's dark. <laughs> it I hate it. Like, just a, a reminder for anyone who suffers from a lot of seasonal depression that we are large predator animals it makes sense that in the winter we just want to lay in our beds evolutionarily that's kind of what we do so be nice to yourself let yourself do nothing but also do do some things like bears exactly like bears wow yeah i didn't think about it that way yeah it's like a it's like a thing like in the winters because we would like work all summer to store up all the food and every and then in the winter people would sit around and sit around their fires and shit yeah i don't know like bears hibernate in the winter so why can't i (laughs) that's what i'm saying i do (laughs) and it's like from june to the day of halloween i am packed to the Mm -hmm. fucking gills like i my schedule is so full yeah and then from halloween until June, I have nothing. I'm in my off season. I've been sweaty and grumpy for six months. Now I'm going to be cold and grumpy for six mm, months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See yep. you on the other side, everybody. <laughs> um, but in more interesting spooky news, in, in a more cryptic sense, what is our topic today? Not Bigfoot. Bigfoot's Technically. cousins? 
his cousins. It's about his cousins it's today. It's about Bigfoot cousins today, guys. Because, <laughs> we, I mean, we already know who Bigfoot yeah. is. You know, hide-and-seek world champ. We get it. Um, in case you don't know who Bigfoot is, and if you've been living under a rock maybe with Bigfoot for the last 20 maybe. years or so, a giant, bipedal, hairy gorilla man living in the forests of the United States, yeah. particularly in the Pacific Northwest, but mm-hmm. kind of a little bit of everywhere. Mm-hmm. What some people don't know, though, is that there are a lot of different variations of Bigfoot, whether it's, like, from another country, mm-hmm. like the Yowie is, mm-hmm. like, kind of the Australian Bigfoot, or if it's just a really specific Bigfoot localized to one place, mm-hmm. like a towny Bigfoot. Yeah. I didn't even realize, honestly, that Bigfoot had so many variations. There are a bunch. It's kind of crazy. But, yeah, so there are a lot of different versions of Bigfoot. Covering Bigfoot himself is, I think, pretty redundant. Yeah. So, I mean, maybe one day, but I'm sure we could tell, like first-hand encounters oh for sure yeah but i mean everyone... we're not surprising anyone with information on who bigfoot is. yeah exactly exactly we'll just tell you about his friends yeah we'll tell you about his distant relatives bigfoot adjacent <laughs> and i think you're starting today yes and my bigfoot cousin that i'm going to be talking about is the yeti Yodale. aka the abominable snowman Hell yeah. <laughs> is he like the one from Monsters, Inc. who has snow cones? Yeah. I mean, every time I think about the Abominable Snowman, I think about Scooby-Doo, because there was a few episodes with the Abominable Snowman. Really? Yeah. Wait, which Scooby-Doo? Um, The mid-early to 2000s version, there was a whole movie, and I think there was another one. Okay. I think of either the Abominable Snowman from Monsters, Inc. or the Bumble from Rudolph. Yeah. So... Abominable Snowman. Mr. Yeti himself. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm really yeah, excited. Yeah, me too. You I know mean, how I feel about cryptids. Yeah, and this is like, most of the accounts that I have on here are kind of funny because of how ridiculous they sound. <laughs> nice. But I mean, I'm not going to be the person to be like, no, you're fake. Like, that's right. not true. Because who knows? Right. It's just kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll just give y'all a little bit of a background on the Yeti. I'm pretty sure everyone sort of has an idea of what the Yeti is. Um, I think most of the time he's portrayed as having, like, white fur living in the snowy mountains. You yeah. Know, typical. That's how I picture him. Yeah. So he's really said to live in, like, the Himalayan mountains in Asia. That's sort mm-hmm. of where... I don't know if it's just one Yeti or maybe there's a lot. I don't know. That kind of seems to be the question about a lot of Bigfoot and other cryptids is like, is it just one guy yeah. or is it like a secret species? Exactly. Is it a small family group? Is it a species spread out? Because especially with something like Bigfoot, it's so spread out Yeah. over, like, like I said, it's concentrated in a lot of the Pacific Northwest, but it's even in New York State, you mm-hmm. know, they're kind of everywhere, so... Mm-hmm. That is the question. Except Mothman. We know there's only one. Maybe Bigfoot just likes to road trip. You know? He could just be like one of those wanderlust girls. <laughs> or remember from iCarly when they go to the- Beef Coon! When they go to the forest to find Bigfoot and the Beef Coon and Bigfoot steals- Had a beaver steals... rump of raccoon. <laughs> and Bigfoot steals their, their RV. Hell yeah. <laughs> he just wanted to go on a little road trip. That's my favorite episode. That's the best episode <laughs> because it has to do with cryptids. Yeah. Actually, the best episode of iCarly is the one with One Direction. And then you're the right. second best one you're right. is How could Bigfoot. I forget? Yeah. You're right. They really covered all my bases. <laughs> they did. It just One Direction uh, and Michelle cryptids. Obama was on it. Oh, shit, you're um, right. Plain White Tees. But I was just going to say. <laughs> Yo, iCarly was ahead of its time. Thank oh, you, iCarly, yeah. for everything you did for me as a child. Best fucking show ever. <laughs> Give it. <laughs> Sorry for interrupting again. No, it's okay. 
So the Yeti said to hang out in the Himalayan mountains, and in Himalayan folklore, Yetis are known as, and I'm sorry because I am going to butcher this, Mete, like M-E-H-T-E-H, Mete, maybe? Yeah. Something like that. Could I have no idea. Yeah. It looks so easy to pronounce, but I'm sure I'm, spr- I'm pronouncing it wrong. Um, sorry, guys. <laughs> We, we do our best. You can only look up so many pronunciations on Google. Yeah, yeah and even she's usually wrong. <laughs> yeah. So, yetis are most commonly described as, like Bigfoot, these huge bipedal ape-like creatures. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they are said to have really large, sharp teeth. And, Ooh. like, I was looking online and there's different, like, variations in, in the color of their fur. They can have white hair or gray hair or brown hair. I but mean, a lot of that could also depend on, ooh, you know what? Could depend on season. You know, like Arctic yeah. foxes, they change their fur color. Yeah. Or maybe he's just covered in snow sometimes. <laughs> or maybe the lighting. There are that's a lot true. of factors that go into this. That's so true. it makes sense that the descriptions vary. Yeah, like. that's true. Because, I mean, a lot of different cultures within Asia have their own sort of version of the Yeti, and that's where the variation in color comes from Okay. Um, that I've read. But that also makes sense. This guy's been seen a lot. <laughs> okay. Like, pre-19th century, there were a bunch of indigenous people called the Lepcha people. Okay. And they lived in places like India, Nepal, and they worshipped something that was called, like, a glacier being. Ooh, fun. Yeah. And there was other various cultures around there in Asia that believed in similar creatures, and they were depicted as, like, this just large ape man yeah so that whole idea has been around for a long time yeah in the mid 1800s there was a trekker named b.h hodgson and he was going around with the local guides of nepal and they had spotted a tall bipedal creature that was covered in long dark hair and he said that it seemed to run away out of fear and he kind of concluded like okay maybe it was an orangutan I'm, I don't know how common orangutans are in that area or right. were in the 1800s. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where they live. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know about, enough about orangutan lore. <laughs> the thing about, like, the Yeti running away in fear is interesting because there is a lot of, like, is Bigfoot scared of us? Yeah. Does he just not want to be seen? It, it could be a little bit of both because I know I've heard that kind of argument before is that they're running off. A lot of people think they don't want to be discovered, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's because humans fucking suck and destroy everything they touch. True. Or if they're just like, imagine you're walking through the forest by yourself and you see two creatures that look kind of like you but smaller and they're gawking at you. I would also run away. Yeah, definitely. I'd be like, what the fuck is that? And yeah. Just run. We're cryptids to this guy. That is so possible <laughs> that he doesn't really know about us either. He goes home to his children. Then he sees us and goes, fuck, it's one of those guys. He goes home to his children and tells them stories about the scary humans. Yeah. <laughs> the skinfoots. <laughs> Stay away from the skin ones, children. <laughs> They're crazy midgets. <laughs> little little skins. <laughs> the little skins. I'm sorry. <laughs> I haven't had enough white claw to be acting this way. In nineteen twenty five there was a photographer named N. A. Tombazi. I don't know what's with these like going by their first two yeah, initials. Like what? They anyway. Think they're edgy. I guess so. Anyways. This N.A. Tombazi guy wrote that he was near Nemu Glacier and he had seen a creature about 200 to 300 yards away. And he stated, quote, 
Unquestionably, the figure in outline was exactly like a human being walking upright and stopping occasionally to pull at some dwarf rodent-drawn bushes. It showed up dark against Rhododendron? The... You're right. It, sh- <laughs> it showed up dark against the snow and as far as I could make out, wore no clothes. So Scandalous. Yeah. And when Tombazi and his group descended the mountain, they found footprints and they were believed to be from the creature and they were described as, quote, similar in shape to those of a man, but only six or seven inches long by four inches wide and were undoubtedly from a biped creature. Okay. That's weird. Like, that's a fat foot. (laughs) That's a fat foot. (laughs) A lot of Bigfoot's feet are fat. I know, but it's like not even that long. Try saying that ten times fast. Bigfoot's feet are fat. A lot of Bigfoot's feet are fat. A lot of Bigfoot's feet are fat. (laughs) (laughs) But like only six or seven inches long and then that's not that big. But it's wide and it's just not human enough. Yeah. So it's I guess just, it's, big. it's kind of like a skinwalker. It's just <laughs> not quite human. So I guess it's big. Yeah. <laughs> and in 1954, there was an article that was printed in the Daily Mail about um, an expedition that had happened, and a team had allegedly found a scalp of Ooh. a yeti. What the fuck? Yeah, in a monastery in Nepal. In Nepal, really? Nepal, yeah. Damn. Yeah. So these Nepali monks are scalping yetis yeah they're like hiding some secrets man and i don't bad bitch i see you i don't know if they took like the whole scalp or if they took a few hairs but the hairs on the scalp were black and brown and they kind of turned like a reddish color in the light okay and so professor frederick wood jones who was an expert in human and comparative anatomy had analyzed these hairs he bleached the hairs and then he would cut them into sections and analyze them with a microscope and he would take micro photographs of these sections and then compare them to the hairs of like similar, like known species. Yeah, like, from that area. Okay. So yeah, like the orangutans, and he concluded that the hairs weren't actually from a scalp because no animals like have that ridge that like we do. Okay. That runs like from the base of our head to um, the nape of our neck. A part. Yes, a part. The our, the part in our hair. Um, but there is a picture of the scalp on Google, and it's, nice. I mean, it nice. does look like there's a part, if I remember correctly, so. Hold up. I'm getting Google out. <laughs> Come here, girl. Just look up, I guess, like, Yeti scalp in Nepal or That's something. That's exactly what I looked up. I said, Yeti scalp Nepal. Oh, shit. Ew. Yeah, I mean, it looks like someone just took someone's wig. <laughs> I mean, it it, it very distinctly does have a part, so he couldn't pinpoint exactly where the hairs came from. Okay. Um, He didn't believe that the hairs were from a bear or an ape, but from, actually, he believed they were from a hooved animal with really coarse hair. Okay, so like a musk ox or whatever those big ox things are they have up in the Himalayas. Yeah, they have, they have those, these things called zows, which is like a yak and a cow. (laughs) <laughs> made it so maybe they, they missed have to... on the opportunity to call it a yakow <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's what we should call it <laughs> yakow i don't know if this was technically the same area that these zhao mm-hmm. animals live in but he couldn't really conclude necessarily what exactly it was in the 20th and 21st century a lot of researchers have tested different hair samples that have been found and were supposedly from the yeti in the regions of the himalayas but some of them have been identified as, you know, like, 
orangutans or whatever. Okay. Um, but some haven't been identifiable. So that's interesting. Ooh, inconclusive evidence. Yeah. You'll love to see it. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I like that. But also, this was, like, the 20th and early 21st century, so, mm. you know. It's not like there was a lot of DNA evidence or extensive scientific mm-hmm. work that could go mm-hmm. into this. And there could have been, I'm sure there were animals that haven't, hadn't been discovered at that point oh, yet. Oh, for sure, yeah. We're still discovering animals. Exactly, yeah. Did you see, like, not too long ago, they had just discovered this, like, new creature in deep, 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 deep in the fucking Dude, ocean. it's man. always way in the, like, in the very bottom of the ocean or in the deep in the jungle somewhere. It scares the shit. Like, the they ocean just scares discovered me. a new kind of frog that looks exactly like Kermit the Frog. Really? Yeah. Aww. It looks just like him. It's Aww. so cute. That is cute. Can you believe they turned Kermit the Frog into a real thing? Yeah, like, what the fuck? <laughs> God? <laughs> So now that we sort of covered, like, early history, um, I'm going to go into the sightings. So in the 1960s, there was a guy named Sonam Hisha Sherpa. What a name. Yeah. And he was tending to his pastures where his Zhao animals were. Simply vibing. Yeah. And that night, him and I think a few other people had heard this really loud whistling and, like, bellowing sounds coming from outside. <gasps> He was yodeling at him. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. He's fucking whistling a tune. Yodeling. <laughs> and him and some of his friends, I guess they were outside when they heard this, they ran to a cave and they hid there all night because they were afraid that the, they call it a zute, which is a type of yeti that okay. that is like eight feet tall and is bipedal, but he does also walk on all fours. Oh, Okay. Um, so they believed that it was... For maximum overdrive? Yeah, exactly. Four-wheel drive? Yeah. To fucking put it in gear. (laughs) (laughs) Want to see some real speed? Gets on all fours. (laughs) (laughs) When I kick it into four-wheel drive, Yeti. (laughs) (laughs) So they were afraid that this thing was going to kill them, basically. Yeah. So they hid in the cave all night, and the next morning, they went out, and they had found that two of the Zhao had been eaten, and they had said that all that was left of these animals was blood feces and intestines ew and i do have to um make a little bit of a remark on that did the yeti eat the bones yeah have you ever watched a cat eat a mouse no okay um so i grew up in the lovely countryside and our cats brought everything back Mm -hmm. to the patio and they literally just leave the pile of guts they just leave like the intestines i don't know how they do it Mm -hmm. but they eat literally everything else and you hear them crunching on the bones it's horrifying that's weird but so i gross. but i will also say okay so the yeti is like eight feet tall supposedly these animals are big their bones are bones thick not mice bones yeah hmm. i don't know maybe like maybe it took the bones to like make maybe, decor yeah maybe it dragged them away to decorate his home yeah maybe he's like a he's like the uh Ed some Bean people of bigfoot yeah some people collect bones they find okay it's not that weird <laughs> Leave me and the Yeti alone. Well, that must be what the Yeti was doing. He's like, I don't want the intestines, I want the bones. He took all the bones to go, like, pick his teeth with a femur. True. He can use it as a toothpick. Yeah, yeah. Make a little necklace. For sure. (laughs) He's got reasons. Don't question him. (laughs) So, um, in 1937, so this was about 20 years earlier, in northern India, Major Bill Tillman wrote about an encounter with footprints of a yeti and he said quote while contouring round the foot of the ridge between these two feeder glaciers we saw in the snow the tracks of an abominable snowman 
They were 8 inches in diameter, 18 inches apart, almost circular, without signs of toe or heel. And he chalked this up to be because of the snow melting. Right, I guess. And then he said, the most remarkable thing was that they were in a straight line, one behind the other, with no stagger right or left, like a bird's spore. So, like, the way yeah. a, a bird walks. That is weird. That's strange. That, That's like, uh, somebody didn't think that out while they were planting footprints. <laughs> So he also stated that the tracks were nearly a foot deep and that they followed the track for about a mile before it just completely disappeared. Mm-hmm. And this is where I'm going to get into some of the uh, some of the interesting sightings. They're more recent and also more ridiculous, but I'm not one to say they're fake because who knows. So the Siberian Times, in 2015, they published an article about an artist named Andrei Lyubinchenko who stated that he had come face-to-face with an abominable snowman in eastern Russia. And this artist claimed that the Yeti posed for him (laughs) and allowed him to draw him. Like one of his French girls. Yes. Because apparently he said that he didn't have anything on him to, like, photograph, so he apparently asked the Yeti if he could draw him. I'm not even joking. (laughs) And Yeti was like, yeah, oh my god, thank you. Yeah, bro. Like, I've seen the Titanic. Yeah, we all know what happens after that guy. (laughs) Jesus Christ. He even said that they spoke to each other. So, I'm thinking this man did not encounter a Yeti, but may have encountered some drugs. Or just a really hairy man. And a a hairy man. And was like, whoa, that's a Yeti. (laughs) It's a fucking Yeti. You know those people that, um, it's a disease that people, they grow hair absolutely everywhere. Yeah, the werewolf syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe he encountered one of those people. Maybe the Yeti's just one of those guys and he's living a reclusive life in shame. Yeah. Oh, Yeti. Mm. Why are you so tall, though? (laughs) Yeah, that doesn't explain that. (laughs) You also have tall man disease like Abe Lincoln. (gasps) (laughs) So this artist, he said, quote, The Yeti was about two and a half meters tall with thick, dark brown hair like a bear's, but a lot softer. Okay. He he was holding a wooden stick with bits of hair wrapped around it. How does he know it wasn't a bone? I don't know. He said it was a stick. From the yakao. (laughs) True. (laughs) But the main thing was his eyes. They were just like light-colored human eyes. Weird. Okay. He's a wolf man. (laughs) I said wolf man. (laughs) He goes on to say, I went out onto a small open patch, and there I felt the Yeti's presence. I turned back, and I saw him standing up deeper in the woods, not going away, and trying to communicate. How? I'll get to that. Okay, okay. (laughs) I'm I'm loving this right now. I know. This is absolutely amazing. And I have a picture at the end. Oh, shit, We're going to post to the Instagram, but I want to show you, too. Make sure sure you check the Instagram, because I've got some fire pictures I'm going to post of mine. Yeah. Bigfoot cousin, who I will not reveal just yet. There's gonna be there's gonna be some good photos. You gotta see this Yeti scalp for sure. Yeti scalp, and I'm ready to see this artwork. Yeah, yeah. This is this is gonna be a good one. He said, "I'm saying he because of the shape of his body, his gestures, his behavior was clearly male. Sounds sexist, but okay. (laughs) His body was very toned with lots of visible muscles. His hands and feet were proportionate to his body, the same way as with humans." His face was expressive, too, just like his eyes. This man was in love with Yeti. This this is a love poem to the Yeti from this man. I also remember that he had huge legs. 
By human sizes, his feet were size 60 inches. This suggests his feet were 18 inches long. That's like a foot and a half. <laughs> yeah, I just love how he's like knows exact <clears throat> measurements yeah. of while he's looking at Bigfoot. Well, it seems like he got a very <laughs> detailed look at this guy, very intimate oh, knowledge of the body of this oh, guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, dude. Andre, come on. <laughs> he goes on to say, I can't describe or understand how he spoke because, well, it sounds unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> it does. There was only one word that the Yeti actually said when I asked his name. Paul. His voice was low and chesty, and the name sounded as if somebody hit a tambourine twice. Ta-ban. Ta-ban. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hello, Ta-ban. Yeah. Okay. And after- That's a name. <laughs> and after this whole thing, Andre, or Andre, spoke to a local who knew the Siberian shore language, and he asked what Ta-ban meant, and the man told him that it means, like, a soul, like not S O U L S O L E. Okay. And also means quote the one that wasn't discovered. That's interesting. That is interesting. And I said this earlier, but he said he didn't have a camera on him, and that's why he drew him. He he said that he drew the yeti because he asked for permission, and the yeti's like fuck yeah. We love a king with consent. Yeah. And then Andre was like, here, look at my drawing of you. And he said that the Yeti studied it carefully. And was flattered. Did he blush? He actually, after he was studying it, he drew a symbol next to the drawing. And to this day, Andre doesn't know what that symbol is. My thing is, how does Yeti know how to hold a pencil? Most of my students don't. (laughs) Maybe he's an intelligent creature. (laughs) Apparently they're talking. Did he go to school up until age 12? (laughs) And then became Maybe. Yeti later in life. Maybe. I love this. I love this. <laughs> he, he said, all I can say about myself is that I'm as normal as one can find. I am <laughs> physically and mentally healthy. I don't know. I don't drink or take drugs. I just don't know if any of those things are true. <laughs> Andre, I'm sorry. I just don't know if I believe you. <laughs> so. Listen, I could say all those things too, and every one of them would be a lie. <laughs> every one? Yes, literally. <laughs> What is it? Mentally and physically healthy? No drink or drug? You're literally tick those all off. Those so, sorry. Guys. Yes. <laughs> sorry guys. Um so that's that's Andre's story and I have a picture down here I'll show you at the end. I'm but so um I do want to go into a couple uh short sightings and the one that I'm going to mention now also happened in Siberia. So okay. I thought that was kind of interesting. And it happened in 1988, and a Soviet scientist had claimed that she came face-to-face with a Yeti during an expedition. Okay. Um, She was with her companions, and they were in a cabin, and they heard a bunch of noises from outside. And she said that when she stepped outside, she saw a 6-foot, 7-inch, seems a little too specific. Yeah. um, A 6-foot, 7-inch creature in fur with red eyes. Ooh. And she said it was just 16 feet away. Again, that's, that's very specific. specific as fuck. I don't know. She's a scientist. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe she's know? just really good. Yeah. She had that app on her iPhone <laughs> that just measures everything. And um, she said that they had a dog and it actually ended up scaring it off by barking and running after it. Good boy. And the dog's just doing his job. Good boy. 
Oh, and this also, this next one also happened in Siberia, but it happened in 2011. There was a team of Yeti explorers, like they were actually looking for the Yeti. And they said that they found hair and footprints that they believed belonged to the Yeti. And they said that they had found the hairs in a cave along with a makeshift bed. Okay, Mm -hmm. so he's a sophisticated cryptid. Yeah, I don't know like what exactly this bed looked like i mean i mean i'm sure it wasn't like in ikea summer special (laughs) but yeah that's pretty cool (laughs) and they said that there's no like conclusive evidence that any of the stuff that they found is from like an unknown creature or like the yeti but they said that tourism in that area fucking skyrocketed well yeah everyone (laughs) wants to see a cryptid i don't care if you believe in them or not if someone says that there is a cryptid recently sighted near your house you're gonna go check it out everyone wants to see one yeah just to be like what's this fucker talking about we all want life to be more interesting than it is yeah that's so true though give me that proof that there is something creepy out there and i will live forever Mm Mm-hmm. that's so true um, in 2007 on Expedition Unknown, which is a... Hell yeah, travel yeah. channel. Yep. Uh, Josh Gates, who's the host, um, and his production staff came across footprints near the Manju River in Nepal. And the footprints were oversized, so the team, like, made molds of the prints. And now that print actually resides in some water park, like, theme park, which I just find really fucking weird. That's hilarious. I don't know where exactly, but they said that this cast is literally in a theme park now. Yo, I wish I knew what one. That's so funny. It's like, why? Because there's a ride at Great Escape called Sasquatch. Maybe. Maybe it's there, but it's because it's sponsored by Jack Links. Oh. In 1951, mountain climbers were on Mount Everest, and they said that they had found several footprints in the snow at about 16,000 feet up. The prints were apparently twice as wide as a normal human's, and they used ice picks and boots to, like, show the scale of the footprints. Okay. Um, and they took photos of them. And actually, these original photos that were taken in 1951, um, they sold for more than $8,000 at an auction in 2014. Wow. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Dude, if I was rich, unfortunately, that's the shit I would blow my money on. I'd be like, yeah, give me this picture of a Yeti. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Not an original Banksy. No, that photo of a Yeti footprint. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> that's hilarious. Man, I wish I was a trust fund kid. <laughs> we can all wish that. So the Daily Star posted an article in 2020 about, this is my uh, my other kind of ridiculous story, but are they all ridiculous? I mean, the more ridiculous ones. So, like, the artist and then this lady. Word. Okay. <laughs> so, the Daily Star had posted an article in 2020 about a woman who's just 100% convinced that Bigfoot ruined her life. Um, <laughs> she, like, referred to it as a Yeti, but the article said Bigfoot, so I don't know. So, this lady was convinced that Bigfoot had ruined her life. Um, she says that Yeti beasts stalk her home in the UK. <laughs> Oh, no. Um, and she said that the reason they do it is because when she was young, she had encountered one. And so okay. I guess now she believes that they're just out to get her. Okay. Like when you go to a haunted place and then a yeah. spirit attaches itself Basically. to you and then you're stuck with it for life. Yeah. That's not how the abominable snowman works. Well, apparently for her it is. That's hilarious. <laughs> she said that when she was 15 in 1982, she had, quote, saw something that changed the course of my life. She said, the creature reports are not what is important here. It's the people who see them. 
the effect it has on that person and the limitations it puts on their life, the constant questions and worry that come with seeing something that, quote, does not exist. That's fair enough. Yeah, it's valid. You know, that's that's real, sis. I know yeah. what you mean. Like, she's so convinced that she did see something that she's been spending all these years trying to prove that she saw something, and everyone's like, lady. There have been a lot of otherwise very normal and intelligent people have their lives ruined by... Yeah. I saw a UFO, yeah. and people are like, okay, you're automatically crazy. But this is a very, like I said, normal and intelligent person mm-hmm. who genuinely believes that that mm-hmm. is what they saw, but they are just destroyed for the rest of their life. Yeah. Like, they are never taken seriously again. Mm. Like, which sucks. Yeah. I know I know what you're saying, sis. Yeah. I get it. Um, She said that he looked like an ancient man of some kind, or a hominid. I don't know what that is. Hominid? Yeah. <laughs> it's like a human-like creature. Like a humanoid? Yeah. Um, she said it was hair-covered and just impossible. Basically, she says that event has traumatized her. Yeah. Um, she said she spent the last 40 years hunting Bigfoot and trying to prove her encounter all these years later. So you know what? All these you know what years. I have to say? She keeps using Bigfoot and Yeti interchangeably. Um, lady, make up your mind. Was it Bigfoot or was it Yeti? They're different. They're cousins, but they're different. But does she know the answer? Well, she should make up her mind. <laughs> and, Choose uh, one or the other, sis. Exactly. Um, and now I'm going to show you the photo of Andre yeah. and his Bigfoot drawing that he drew on, like, this special paper. Here he is. Wait, what the hell is that special paper? It's, like, part of, like, a tree. Um, I can show you a better most, photo most later. Most paper but... is, Emily. <laughs> I can show you a better photo later that's more clear, but I wanted to show you his face, too. You know what? Here's the thing. This guy looks like an old and disgruntled Jeremy Renner. I don't know who that is. Hawkeye? No. Oh, my God. But this is the symbol, apparently, that the thing drew, and it kind of almost looks like a music note. It's just a little scribble. (laughs) He's just like, That's not even really paper, man. The Yeti was like, hold my beer, and he tried to draw it. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's like in How to Train Your Dragon when Hiccup was drawing in his notebook and Toothless saw that and was like, okay, and picked up a tree and just scribbled on the dirt. Literally, he's that's like, okay, what, that's what the Yeti did. He was just like, wow, that thing makes lines. I don't think that symbol means anything. He just scribbled. Yeah, that's what I think too, honestly. And look how like much pressure he put on it. Sorry, that's me being an artist. That's a lot of pressure. But anyway, that's that's all I got for uh, the Yeti. What what are you what are you thinking? Um, I think the Yeti exists. I've heard so many fun stories about the Yeti that are just out there for general knowledge that I think there are so many and it's gone back so far mm-hmm. that either somebody had a really, really, really good hoax once mm-hmm. or something's going on out there. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure not every sighting is actually the Yeti because, you know, a lot of people, when they go out wanting to see something, they will think they see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or a lot of things they want to be the Yeti, or even if it's just something they see and can't process, mm-hmm. in their brain it's the Yeti. But sometimes I think it really is. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I, don't, I mean, there's so much land everywhere that is, like, unexplored and uninhabited that why not, you know? Yeah. Why the fuck not? Fuck it. Uh, What do you think? You think the same thing? Yeah, I mean, I'm very open-minded when it comes to, you know, cryptids being real, aliens being real. Like, who am I to say no, you know? Who am I to say what you saw or didn't see? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it goes... I don't know everything. (laughs) All right, then uh, should we move into our dad joke intermission? Yay! 
Dad joke intermission. Dad joke intermission. Uh-oh, Let me honey. find a dad oh, I still joke. Have all right, I'm ready to channel my inner dad here. All right, I got one. You ready for I'm it? I'm ready. It's a one-liner. I bought Mariah Carey a large, flat parking area last December. Turns out she didn't want a lot for Christmas. <laughs> hey, we said we said none of her shit yet. Go hey. back to your cave, Mariah. I know, but we mentioned her, so... It's still your off-season. <laughs> All right, to uh, stay in your Yeti theme here, mm-hmm. uh, why didn't the skeleton climb the mountain? Because he had he had no guts. Yeah, he didn't have the guts. That's the first one I've ever gotten, I you think. Got one. Oh my god. Guys, round of applause for me. I'm so proud. I didn't know if this day would ever come. I me either. I'm the proudest dad. <laughs> I'm like sort of kind of almost turning into a dad. You're I'm rubbing off on you. <laughs> yeah. That is what that's what it is. It is. Yeah, you got one more? <laughs> this is also a one liner. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> Just went to buy a Christmas tree. The man in the shop asked, are you putting this up yourself? I said, no. I was thinking the living room. Hmm. Actually, I just saw that one the other day. I thought it was funny. (laughs) That took me a while to get. That was sad. All right. I've got one more snowy one for you since you're talking about the Yeti. How does a penguin build its house? (gasps) I love penguins. I know you do. Um, It glues it together. Aw. That's so cute. (laughs) Was that fun? Yes. I love penguins. They're my favorite. I know. All right, and thus concludes Dad Joke Intermission. Those are the best. Those are the best. It's really my favorite part. This, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it sucks because I'll think of, like, so many dad jokes throughout the week and just be like, huh, I'll have to remember that. But I don't. No, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, not a chance. I don't remember anything. Not ever. with that ADHD brain. Things go in my brain and then immediately back out. <laughs> or they go into, like, filing cabinets, like in SpongeBob, and he can't well, he find anything. Out his name. <laughs> That's me. What's his name? What's his name? Uh, all right. So should we move on into another Bigfoot cousin? Yes, I'm excited. I'm very excited because I really only know about like obviously the Yeti and Bigfoot. Yeah. So I actually started doing research for the Rougarou, mm-hmm. which is what I thought was like the Bigfoot of Louisiana Bayou, like Bayou Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it turns out it's more of like a werewolfy type thing. Huh. Yeah. So I. I mean, they're both hairy, so. Yeah. Well, lots of people are hairy. (laughs) All right. So you did a Bigfoot from a faraway land. Mm Mm-hmm. I did a Bigfoot that's just kind of localized, still in America, though. Oh, okay. I am uh, actually bringing you, if Florida Man was Bigfoot, Mm -hmm. he would be the skunk ape. Why? That's very appropriate for Florida. (laughs) Isn't it, though? (laughs) So the skunk ape is one of Bigfoot's better-known cousins who lives in the lovely swamps of Florida, also seen sometimes in Alabama and Georgia, but mostly just Florida, especially in the Everglades and Big Cypress National Preserve. Maybe that's what ate Brian Laundry. That's what I'm saying. I will mention him later. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Shit. So the skunk ape is described as being similar enough to Bigfoot, basically the same, a big you know, hair-covered humanoid that seems to be, like, a lot faster and stronger than the average guy. Mm -hmm. But the difference is that instead of dark brown or black fur or hair, like Bigfoot is usually described, Mm -hmm. the skunk ape is more of, like, a reddish brown. Oh, okay. Like a a reddish color. That's pretty. Um, I'm thinking that's maybe for better camouflage for the area. True. Because if, you know, brown and black up in the Pacific Northwest makes more sense, Mm -hmm. reddish might make more sense in, like, a Florida swamp. Yeah, that makes sense. Also, very notably... A different stank. 
Oh, so that's why. Yeah, the skunk ape usually comes with this, like, musty skunk-type odor, which people have described as being, like, a mix between a wet dog and a skunk. Oh, two very bad smells. Yeah, not great. (laughs) Um, I feel like I have smelled this before, because my dog got sprayed by a skunk. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe since he's living, like, in swampy areas, that's why he smells like like swamp ass. Yeah, he smells like swamp ass. (laughs) He's just walking swamp ass. <laughs> That's a that should be his name. With his ass out. With his ass out. Sun's out, ass out. It's Florida. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna first get into just like the history of the sightings because he's actually been around for a lot longer than people would think. Hmm. Actually, native tribes in the south, such as the Seminoles, have had stories of like these smelly, strong Bigfoot-like creature for generations, which they called the I think Esti Kepkaki. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which translates to, quote, cannibal giant. Oh. So that's fun. Okay. Appropriate. So that's existed for a super long time. There are also a lot of similar figures in folklore going back to settlers of the area. Oh, wow. Uh, there were stories of this huge, hairy, like, ape man or ape men coming from the forest and, like, upsetting livestock or tearing up crops and stuff. Mm-hmm. And in 1818, there was actually a newspaper report in Florida of a, quote, man-sized monkey raiding stores and stalking fishermen through the underbrush possibly trying to steal their fish really and they were all just like fuck off my fish boat oh my god yeah so this has been going on for a long time in wow. this area so then in the early 40s a man was driving down a rural that word again <clears throat> rural rural road <laughs> inside big cypress national preserve he said an enormous, hairy, bipedal monster came charging out of the tree line and grabbed onto the running board of his truck while he was driving and held on for over a half mile as he, like, floored it down this dirt road. Man's is fucking skiing. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was on the skateboard all along. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, and then eventually it let go and just stood in the middle of the road watching as he sped away. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so then we get our first really publicized encounter of the skunk ape in 1957. Okay. So two men were out camping near Big Cypress and said that their tent and campsite were attacked by a large man-ape with long dangling arms and shaggy rust-colored hair that covered its body. Like a giant orangutan. Oh, damn. People kind of describe his, like, stature, like, the shape as more of, like, an orangutan with, like, long arms. Yeah, like, huge. Like how their arms sort of, like, yeah, curl. Yeah. And are kind of flaily, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, the men said they heard this weird rustling and grunting noise coming from the bushes to the side of their camp, and both suddenly smelled a very strong, musky, skunky odor. And before they could react, their tent was shaking and being hit, and they could hear their campsite being trashed outside. Wow. And then, yeah, so they ran to local authorities, mm-hmm. ended up in the newspaper, and it was like this big sensationalized kind of story. Wow. Yeah. Or maybe it was, do they have bears in Florida? I don't think so. Maybe? I know they have, like, a lot of, like, panthers. Hmm. And at the time, I'm sure they had more than they do now, because they're endangered. Hmm. I know, because I did my third grade endangered animal report on the Florida panther. Really? Yeah. Aw. After this encounter, sightings of the skunk ape really boomed through the 60s and 70s, and there were, in fact, so many sightings over that time that there was a bill introduced into Florida government that would make it illegal to, quote, take, possess, harm, or molest anthropod or humanoid animals to try and protect the creature. That sounds like Florida. Yeah, right? Uh, But, of course, this bill was not passed. (laughs) Everyone was like, shut up. (laughs) That's hilarious. 
So then in the 90s, skunk ape hype was reignited again when an entire bus full of tourists all had an experience. Ooh. So in 1997, when I was a ripe one year old, a tour bus... <laughs> when I wasn't even a oh, thought yo, form. I was going to say, it, you weren't even it... born yet. <laughs> no. Or maybe baby. I was a thought form. When was this? 1997. I know, but like, what, do you know the month? 1997. <laughs> Maybe I was or wasn't a thought form. I'm not sure. <laughs> anyway, sorry. In 1997, a tour bus full of about 40 people was driving on like an average tour through Big Cypress National Preserve when nearly everyone on board saw a seven foot tall red haired ape running through the trees a slight ways off the road. And they said it was running so fast that it got ahead of the bus and was able to cross the road in front of them out in the open and everyone got a good look. Wow. Yeah. So on this bus, there were people from Florida, people from out of state visiting, mm -hmm. adults, children, men, women, etc. Everyone saw the same thing. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. And they all told the same story of what they saw was like this hairy figure that was too large and too fast to be human. Mm -hmm. And everyone was like shook. So I think that's pretty compelling yeah. that so many people saw the exact same thing. Yeah, definitely. And that everybody, like, corroborated each other's stories. Unless 40 people were just like, you know what would be really funny? And then they made that up. Like the end of the Hannah Montana movie when she got the whole town to agree to never tell anyone she was Hannah Montana. <laughs> yeah, literally. Somebody on that bus just got everyone to agree. Yeah. <laughs> that we're all going to say we saw this gun cave, okay? He ran and that's all. And it's going to be really funny. Everyone's going to be like, wow. But we know it's a prank. <laughs> yeah, and we're in 20 years we're going to say, got him. <laughs> that's likely. It's possible. It's possible. Uh, okay, so then after that, like two days later... There were two other fairly credible witnesses that said that they saw the skunk ape as well about in the same area. Mm -hmm. So there was Jan Brock, who was a local real estate agent, and she said, quote, the thing just ran in front of my car. It was shaggy looking and very tall, maybe six and a half or seven feet. And then literally two minutes later, like these two people were unrelated. They weren't together mm -hmm. or anything. Uh, two separate instances, two minutes apart in that area. The second witness was Vince Doer or Dewar, D-O-E-R-R, who was the fire chief for Achobe. So this is, like, a, a fairly credible witness. Yeah, yeah. And he said that he'd never really believed in the creature or anything until he saw it cross the road in front of him, and he stopped to watch it kind of, like, dick around in the trees for a little bit before it ran off into the swamp. Hmm. So he was actually able to snap a picture before it ran off, which was one of the first pictures we ever get of the skunk ape. Really? And when was yeah. this again? Uh, like, 97? Oh, damn. Yeah. Okay. And so, because it's 97, it's not the greatest picture, mm -hmm. and it's just, like, this, you know, forest scene kind of thing with this red, hairy figure, like, walking away from him, like, mm -hmm. faced away, mm -hmm. uh, kind of a little distance away, but you can see that it's there, mm -hmm. you know? There's something. Yeah, exactly. And it's literally two minutes after that other lady's saw That's it. crazy. That's pretty cool. So then, actually, within the next two weeks, over 50 people reported seeing the skunk ape in or around Big Cypress National Preserve. So this included swamp tourists and the tour guides, which spent a lot of time out in the swamps because mm -hmm. they have, like, you know, the big fan boat tours and everything, mm -hmm. which are so fun. If anyone ever has the chance to go on a swamp tour, just do it. They're so cool. 
I never would have thought that they'd be cool, but... There's, if you're at all interested in nature, mm-hmm. that's the place to go. There's some cool shit. I, we went on one in uh, the good old bayous of Louisiana. The bayou? Yeah, we saw some dope alligators, saw really cool trees. Really cool trees. <laughs> yeah, no, the trees look like they're haunted. Yeah. They're like these big, saggy trees, like, that are just... I, it's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. They look haunted. And they, like, kind of sag over the river, the swamps, like, they kind of kind, just, like... Not really. I forget the name of the trees. I don't know, but they're, like... Those are spooky trees. It's a cool place. Swamps are cool. Guys, go on swamp tours, okay? We are blessed to live in a country that, while terrible sometimes... um, Most of the time. A lot of the... I don't know if terrain is the right word. That's the word I was thinking, so I don't know. But a lot of, like, you know, the different areas of the United States are so fucking cool. Yeah. I mean, we cover all the bases. We got the mountains. We got the beaches. We got the swamps. Swamps. We got the deserts. We got... We got it all. We we, we really have it all here. Yeah. We got it all. So check shit out, guys. Come on. You might see a Bigfoot. <laughs> True. <laughs> Is that enough incentive to get outside? Yes, maybe. Get out and play for 60 minutes a day, kids. Ugh, I used to hate when they had that on Nickelodeon. Anyway, uh, where was I? So, yes, swamp tourists, swamp guides, kayakers, people just driving on the roads, a college professor, and even a deputy all had encounters with the skunk ape within the next, like, two weeks. Mm-hmm. And those are just the people who reported it. And so a lot of times these people weren't alone when they saw it, and that led to multiple witnesses seeing the same thing. Yeah. So, like, you know, multiple people telling the same story mm-hmm. again. Um, a lot of people tried to just write this off as a hoax, as, like, somebody in a gorilla suit or something. Like, that's the really easy thing that everybody was reaching for. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people kind of agree that that's not super feasible. And a lot of the eyewitness testimony said that it was either too big or too fast or both to have been a person. And actually, the professor who saw it was a psych professor Mm -hmm. and said that the animal did not move or have the body language of a human. Maybe it was like Usain Bolt on stilts. That is the only thing that would work. (laughs) Wow, can you believe they got Usain Bolt in on this? (laughs) Did they pay him for that? Can you believe Usain Bolt did that for free? (laughs) Usain Bolt on stilts is the only thing that could be this skunk yeah, ape. that's the only, and then he dresses up in, like, the fucking outfit. Yeah. But the other thing that people talked about making it kind of difficult to be a hoax, that I think even Usain Bolt could not get over, the climate and terrain conditions mm-hmm. made that kind of hoax really unlikely. Yeah. It's way too hot and humid for somebody to be running around in a gorilla suit and not fucking die. And a lot of the terrain is, like, too wild for a human to get around mm-hmm. easily. Yeah. Like, it's, re- it's, it's a swamp. You know, yeah, people can like, just run through it. Super fucking muddy and... Yes. Oh, just... the mud. Like, sometimes mud just... It's really like quicksand sometimes. It just mm-hmm. sucks you down. Sometimes the mud goes so deep until it hits something solid. And it's like a suction cup. Like, you get sucked right in. Because of that reason, it's also not super likely that a person was running around it. That there. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. So now I would like to talk about the Mayaka pictures. Mayaka. Mayaka. So... Finally, after all these years, (laughs) we get a few really good, solid photos of the skunk ape. Damn. So we're fast forwarding to 2000. Two anonymous photos were sent into the Sarasota County Sheriff's Office along with a letter. Mm -hmm. Uh, The letter said that it was an old woman living next to the Mayaka River State Park, and she went out to her yard with a camera after she noticed some animals had been taking the fruit off of her fruit trees in her backyard. Mm Mm-hmm. So she went out and started snapping pictures as she heard and saw something running away in the, like, semi-darkness. And to her surprise, she was able to get photos of the skunk ape. 
Oh shit. Yeah. And when she when you see these pictures, I'm sure you've seen these pictures. If anybody is interested in cryptids at all, you've probably seen these pictures. And she actually thought that it was like an escaped zoo animal or something. Mm-hmm. Because like mm-hmm. looking at it, she had no idea what it was mm-hmm. and was like sending it to the sheriff's office to be like, yo, come check this shit out. Yeah. I mean, here's where my hesitations lie though. Why did this lady want to take pictures of these animals eating her fruit? I mean, that's a question. It could have been that she'd it sounded like it had been happening for a while, and so it's possible that she had seen something and knew that mm-hmm. it was, like, not mm-hmm. a normal something, so she went after it for pictures. Mm-hmm. So, and as for sending it in anonymously, that is also a red flag to me, because mm-hmm. uh, then she, we can't track her down and ask more questions. Mm-hmm. But also, we talked about earlier that, again, perfectly normal and intelligent people have their lives ruined mm-hmm. when they say, hey, I saw a cryptid. You know, Mm -hmm. like, I saw this thing that shouldn't have been seen, and nobody believes me, and now I'm crazy for the rest of my life. Well, I I understand the wanting to be anonymous. Well, she was old. She was, like, at the cusp of death anyway. That's true. (laughs) Just, like, that Israeli... Put her in a box floating down the river, girl. Yeah, like, that Israeli scientist that just came out, um, not too long ago about all this shit about... the alien stuff? Yeah, about the governments, especially the U.S., knowing about UFOs. And we actually, apparently, according to him, like, actually have relations with aliens, like the U.S. government. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, this is kind of going to ruin my life, but it's worth it for the world to know. Yeah, and he's, like, fucking 88 years old, But that's somebody who has that experience. Like, he worked specifically in that field. Mm -hmm. It's much different for an unrelated person who may be intelligent in some other field to just show up and be like, I saw this thing. And people are like, cool, now you're crazy. (laughs) Maybe. You never know. Anyway, the pictures were really, really good. And it was interesting because after, like, you know, decades of this being a hot topic and people Mm -hmm. tried to get some pictures of it, this random woman who didn't even seem like she was trying to got, like, the most iconic pictures of this creature. So, for anyone who has not seen the picture, it's just like a quick description. It's like a night picture with the flash on. So mm-hmm. it's got that kind of like very bold mm-hmm. impression. And the pictures are taken like through some tall grass or like palm leaves really close up. And there's this huge, hairy, Bigfoot <laughs> monkey thing like crouching down or like leaning mm-hmm. forward behind it. And so even though there's like the palm leaves or whatever it is in front of his face, you can still see a lot of his face very clearly because mm-hmm. it's only from maybe 10 feet away with the flash on. Mm-hmm. And so you can see the texture of the hair. You can see its face. Its eyes are reflecting the light and you can see its teeth. It, it kind of looks like it's either like smiling or like growling, like showing its teeth. You know how monkeys do that? Like, yeah, it's the, so the cute. teeth showing thing. Yeah. And it's doing that kind of thing. Well, it, if it is so, an ape, it makes sense. Yeah, but it, it doesn't look like a gorilla. No. Like, it, it's it's almost like Harry and the Henderson's big Yes, butt. it does. Yeah, yes. you know? <laughs> it does and, look But, like, like it. it's, even though it's obstructed partially by the grass, it's a very clear picture, and you can see how huge it is. Obviously, there are people who think it's a hoax. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, the, like I said, the photo's really clear. It's really close up, and people looked into it and said that they were not able to find any gorilla or other monster type suits that look like that Mm -hmm. like of that size and stature Mm -hmm. so i think they're pretty impressive pictures it could certainly be a hoax Mm -hmm. but it sounds like at least this if it was this lady wasn't in on it like you know if he was actually the skunk ape it's nice to know that like he's not he doesn't really eat humans like i feel like if she was that close what he would have taken the opportunity that's true and people have said that he 
it, he doesn't seem like he's aggressive or yeah. like he's trying to harm or eat people. Uh, so-called experts have actually said that he eats an omnivore diet. That's what I was thinking because you're talking about he's, the fruit. He's picking so. fruit trees, yeah. So that's he's like cute. A, yeah, <laughs> he just went to pick some oranges, and you start taking his picture. Leave him alone. That's so cute. <laughs> All right, so now I want to introduce you to a very interesting man. Oh jeez. Down in Southern Florida, there's a man in his mid fifties. Living in a chopi near the Everglades on 30 acres of swamp and forest land, giving daily swamp tours and hosting a campground and a gift shop, housing dozens, dozens of giant snakes and parrots, and skinning frog legs for lunch. And here's where we find our self-proclaimed skunk ape expert, Dave Sheely. <laughs> this right. is the man who calls himself the Jane Goodall of skunk ape. All right, Dave. He knows it all. We love Dave. I read... A fantastic article about this guy and the skunk ape and like cryptozoology in general from the Smithsonian by a guy named Joseph Stromberg. So he actually went down to Florida to interview Dave Sheely at his skunk ape research headquarters and painted quite the word picture of this guy. Like this skunk ape expert man. <laughs> Wonderful swamp person vibes. Love it. Love him. The Guy Fieri of Florida swamp ape cryptids. I'm a big fan of this guy. So Dave Sheely's interest in the skunk ape actually began in 1974 when he was 10 mm -hmm. and he was out in the swamp hunting with his brother. He said, quote, it was walking across the swamp and my brother spotted it first, but I couldn't see it over the grass. I wasn't tall enough. My brother picked me up and I saw it about a hundred yards away. We were just kids, but we'd heard about it and we knew for sure what we were looking at. It looked like a man, but completely covered with hair. And he said, as they stared at it, it very suddenly started to downpour, and the thing ran off. After that, he's obsessed. So he's heard of this thing before, and his dad even had some old footprint casts that he'd made mm -hmm. earlier. But now it's different, man. Like, it hits different. Like, Skunk Ape is his personality now. Oh, no. <laughs> Dave, get a, get a new hobby, my no, no, guy. No, no, no. He's so into it. He started spending all his time, like, trekking through the swamp and, like, trying to find the thing again, always researching it and stuff, like... Skunk ape all day, every day, for real. In his teens, he was able to make some casts of some footprints, and he set up tree stands out on his property and would rotate which one he would go sit in for a few hours to try oh, and see this guy. Jesus. And he said he would even bait certain areas with lima beans because he and a bunch of other people claim that the skunk ape loves lima beans. Okay, where do they get that shit from? Th what a good question. Like, what? Like, <laughs> kidney? lima beans? Kidney beans? Let's see which one he likes. It's like a science experiment. They did some logic. They're like, you know, omnivore diet. He needs protein. Mm, he needs true. veggies. Get those lima beans. Oh, my God. So, anyway, he would bait areas with lima beans, and then he would go back and check, and he would see that the bait would be gone, and there would be big skunk ape footprints all around the ground. <laughs> so, then, finally, on September 8th, 1998, Sheely is rewarded with his second sighting. Ooh. He said he was half asleep in a tree stand when he heard splashy sounds coming from the swamp, and he looked down and saw it coming toward him from about 100 yards away, and he got to take some pictures of it before it disappeared, and then he ran out and made more footprint casts, oh which are God. still on display in his gift shop today. This dude loves footprint casts. He's, so he's got, like, skunk ape merch up the wazoo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he has his whole, like, gift shop. He's got little skunk ape shot glasses and t-shirts and oh shit. Yeah. No offense, how many of these people are just always running around with plaster of Paris? I feel like yeah. people are just making casts of footprints all the time. And that shit's gotta be heavy. Not really. No? You don't think so? Heavy enough that you don't want to be... Yeah. You don't just carry it for fun. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Weird. Anyway, 
so that's the end of that sighting. But then we get the most fun one. So in July of 2000, so this is around the time that a lot of people were seeing mm-hmm. that guy, uh, he got a two-minute video of the skunk ape just, like, dicking around in the swamp. Oh, my God. So it's kind of a weird video to watch. It's Like I said, it's about two minutes long, and it's just this thing, like, kind of wandering around a tree line, and then it's, like, walking through some tall, swampy grass, mm-hmm. and then about a minute in, all of a sudden, it just, like, takes off running as if it knows it's, like, been spotted. And so, Sheely is very convincing in his description of the event, and he says that the water in the swamp was, like, over a foot deep at the time, and that he estimates that it was running 22 miles per hour. So, he says there's no way that a human could have run that fast through that deep of water. First of all, that's oddly specific. Very specific, yeah. (laughs) This guy had a speedometer on him. Yeah, for real. It's just, like, this, like, shitty, like, grainy footage from 2000. You can't tell how fast that guy's going. Yeah, no. And also, you can't see the water either, so you don't know that it's a foot deep. Yeah. But he says it it was oh my god Dave, so come on obviously this video is highly scrutinized a lot of people just think it looks like a person running around in a gorilla costume fair and it, it does yeah it really looks like someone is just running out in the <sighs> distance it's like too convenient he asked his brother to just go run around in a gorilla Honestly, suit for a little bit yeah <laughs> and, you know and unlike some of the other like photo evidence and stuff that we've gotten of this thing this one seems like it doesn't have that distinct, that's not quite a person vibe mm-hmm. that a lot of the other ones have. Mm-hmm. And, like, the footage is grainy, it pans away at convenient times. But what I think is very interesting and most important, right after he posted this video, he applied for a grant from the Florida government to fund his research on the skunk ape. Oh. So, like, his whole livelihood is based around this thing. So the video is questionable. Dave, come on. Dave. I don't know about that. And and that sucks because it's like there are so many people who like really did have experiences like Mm -hmm. that. And that guy's just like kind of giving it a bad name. Kind of making it seem a lot more goofy. He's trying to make it like it seems like he's just trying to profit off of. Yeah. Obviously the skunk ape. Right. He's got shot glasses. Yeah. And (laughs) if you want to do like make some funny merch and like research it. Okay. But like if you're trying to like really make a fake ass video like a hoax and and turn the whole thing into a hoax then that just discredits all the real evidence yeah yeah so, definitely so that kind of sucks but i mean i'm saying that as if i know and i don't know for sure mm-hmm. i just think it's not the video he thought it was you know <laughs> he probably thought it was so fucking great and who knows maybe someone was fooling him <laughs> Could be. i would definitely go down there and do that like, yo that guy's out there looking for the skunk ape i'll show him the skunk yeah like, yeah right <laughs> Uh, So finally, the last encounter that he documented was in August of 2011. He says he was out in the swamp picking berries when suddenly he smelled skunk ape TM. Oh, no. Which is that wet dog and skunk smell like mixed together. Uh. He slowly looked up just in time to see it step out from behind a tree. And then it saw him and ran. That was the end. But don't worry. He was able to make a cast of the footprint again. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's he doing with all these fucking footprints, man? He must have stock in the Plaster of Paris company. <laughs> he just finds so much Plaster of Paris. Uh, so, Sheely, the super fun skunk ape expert, has not only a research headquarters, and he has appeared on TV a few times, he was on Finding Bigfoot, etc., wow. but he has also written a field guide to the skunk ape. Oh, does the lima beans facts, are, that, are they in that? It could be. <laughs> it definitely could be. So, it is full of meticulously collected facts and research and i say facts in air quotes uh he has determined that the skunk ape most likely spends a lot of its time in trees perhaps up to half its life and maybe you know that's why they're so rarely spotted they up too high to see i don't know 
I don't know. I just can't imagine like a seven to eight foot tall giant thing in trees. Treehouse. Well, like bears <gasps> climb trees and stuff and humans. But treehouse. Treehouse. Oh my god, if Treehouse Masters, maybe he went down there and made a whole treehouse for Skunk Ape. Could be. It could be like like Swiss Family Robinson or like the Freedom Fighters from Avatar. No. <laughs> you, you're, you have such a blank look I'm just on your thinking face. of the Treehouse Master guy. Any of those, you know, fictional groups that live in like a nice like collection of treehouses with like little ropes and shit. Or without a paddle. The, the two hippie women. Yes. In the treehouse. Yes. In the National Who Forest. Who try to have sex with the thunderstorm. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. He thinks they live up in trees, which makes sense. A lot of people have described it as being very, like, arm-heavy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like Bigfoot. It's got kind of, like, the longer mm-hmm. swingy arms, more like an orangutan. Mm-hmm. So that's also, I think, what's missing from his video, is it's got the proportions of a human. Oh, come on, Dave. Get yeah. your shit together. You, yeah. You're get the expert, those, man. Get on those long arms, man. You're the expert. <laughs> uh, the one other fun fact I wanted to share from this is that he estimates, okay, that they get their signature stank from spending time in underground alligator holes in the swamps. Oh. Because apparently just, like, general swamp grossness isn't specific enough, you know? So they so they spend time in the trees and underground? That seems I, like a lot. They're doing anything to avoid humans, which is understandable. <laughs> that, yeah, that's Me fair. too. But you couldn't get me in a stanky alligator I was going to say, would you, would you... No. <laughs> I'd climb a tree. <laughs> would you do the skunk ape stench? Nope. To get away from people? <laughs> no. <laughs> Even after I haven't showered for, like, two days, I'll get a whiff of myself and be like, oh, God. <laughs> Who the fuck? Who the fuck? <laughs> Who is that? Who's Yo, it sucks. Anyway, he's got lots of fun facts in his little field guide. Oh, my God. I'm kind of tempted to read it. I I tried to find it online somewhere. So far, I can only find it that it was available in his gift shop. I was going to say, he probably only sells it in his gift shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, That's I would pretty love one, though. I would love one in up here with our, like, shelves of cool shit. Maybe we have to, like... Go down to Florida just for that. I bet if we just emailed him. Fuck yeah. He'd probably just send us one. He seems like someone who is desperate for people to like the skunk cave. True. Anyway, my favorite thing about him is that he loves, loves standing up to the haters. So a lot of biologists and even the actual National Park Service say that there's never really been any good empirical evidence to look at for the skunk ape and no, mm-hmm. like, verified accounts of people running into a skunk ape. Mm-hmm. And they say it's especially weird with how many trail cams are set up around the Everglades. Because yeah. the Everglades are huge. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think a lot of people realize how big the Everglades are. And so a lot of trail cams are set up for completely separate research projects or for hunters. Mm-hmm. And none of these trail cams have ever gotten a picture of this country. And why hasn't Dave set up trail cams on his 30 acres of land? That's another thought I had, is that he's talking about all of this time and money and energy that he's putting into this project and he's even setting up lima bean bait traps but yeah. he's not putting a trail cam there to bro. pick up what's eating it bro what are you doing with that money buy some fucking cameras he's buying snakes and parrots yes it's weird there's never been any like indisputable video or pictures of mm-hmm. this guy to that he says yeah, but the Everglades is, like, huge, and most of it isn't really visited by people, so it's totally possible that a small number of animals could exist out there mostly unseen, especially if they're intelligent enough to hide. Okay, but why do they keep showing up on your property, then? Yeah, you like, know, that's specifically for skunk ape, do you? Good I mean, question. Come on. Come on, Dave. Come on, Dave. Hey, don't shit talk Dave, I love Dave. <laughs> Uh, he also says that there are plenty of animals that are being discovered all the time, and this could just be another one that we have not formally discovered yet. And I'm like, yeah, 
but most of those things are plants or very small animals mm-hmm. deep in the jungle or in the bottom mm-hmm. of the ocean or fucking microorganisms. Not an apex predator bigger than humans living in one of the most populated and studied countries on Earth. Yeah. It's right outside Miami. Yeah, you know how many fucking people go to just to visit Florida every year? Do you like, know not even yeah. accounting for how many people actually fucking live there. Yeah. People <laughs> go to Florida. And, like, people go to the Everglades. Yeah. I mean, there's tours there for a reason. Yeah, and I know, like, the Everglades is huge, and there's a lot of area that's not visited by people, but it's just, I just think that that argument is weak. I agree. Also, an issue that haters love to bring up is that there's virtually all eyewitness testimony, which we know isn't super ideal. And to that, he basically says, anyone who hasn't come to spend the time out here and put in the work doesn't get to have an opinion. So I've been out here for years and years and years and years working on this, and unless you've done that, you're not allowed to have an opinion. <laughs> My guy's probably spent 40 fucking years out in those woods, has never had a date. Gaslight King. <laughs> he has never worked a day in his life except to work at his gift shop. His, But you know what? He's probably doing better than I am. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, me too. I would, I would agree, yes. Uh, and lastly, they also point to the fact that we've never found a dead one or no pieces of a carcass or anything like that. True. To that, he says, with temperatures and the general biome and the wildlife of the swamp, things decompose very quickly and are gone. Mm. Cough, cough. Brian Laundry. <gasps> I hope the skunk ape ate him. Maybe he went to live among them with his <gasps> stank. Oh my god, they took him in as one of their own. Yeah. Oh my god. Or maybe he's just their dinner. Or their his their he's their bitch he's their bitch <laughs> brian laundry is now the skunk Ape's bitch you heard okay. it here first i love that that's follow justice. us for more breaking news that's justice that's justice oh yeah so basically for any critique you could give this guy on the skunk Ape's existence he has an explanation ready to go <laughs> but honestly what else would you expect from the expert nothing less than expertise he has all the answers we are fools to doubt him we love you dave we, anyway. we stand Dave. We stand Dave. <laughs> so that's all the super fun skunk ape info, but now I just want mm-hmm. to tell you a couple of stories that I found on the interwebs. Oh, okay. Of people who have encountered the skunk ape. Interesting. All right, so the first one comes from Guy 90 on all Reddit. Right. I also like to read this one with a really great southern accent <laughs> in my head, okay? <laughs> you should do it, I like, could. out loud, too. I actually did see the skunk ape once a few years back. <laughs> that's good (laughs) i didn't actually believe in this kind of thing never really crossed my mind i spent plenty of time in the glades or in the woods around here and never saw a thing but then in the fall of 2011 i took my nine-year-old son out with me near lake okeechobee and we were in the tree stand by the time the sun come up it was pretty quiet already besides some birds and bugs and frogs but then suddenly everything went silent oh no like silent silent i suddenly felt real tense like something was about to happen And it did. All of a sudden, there was this loud growling, wailing noise from below us, and the whole ass tree our stand was on started to shake. My son screamed, and I just grabbed onto him tight, trying not to drop 20 feet to the ground. I started hollering back at whatever it was to try and scare it off, and eventually we stopped shaking, and I heard... I can't do this anymore. (laughs) You're doing good. And I heard some big as hell tearing through the underbrush. I quick looked down and didn't see anything but some moving foliage. Soon after that, we decided to climb down and go home. At the bottom, I saw what was probably a size 15 bare human footprint, or at least mostly human looking. I had my rifle up all the way back to the truck, that's for sure. 
Dang flabbit. Dang flabbit. It was a fucking skunk ape. It was a skunk ape. <laughs> Nearly got him and his son. Oh, no. <laughs> Not Brian and his son. Not Braga. <laughs> okay, I won't do any more bad accents, I promise. That was, a, that was pretty good to me. I like that one. That one's fun. Yeah. Uh, this one is from Pam J. All right. Which was in a submission to an article that I read about skunk ape. Mm-hmm. She says, my husband and I visited the Everglades from Montana last year. We're big kayakers, and the Everglades was at the top of our bucket lists. On our third day out, we were paddling through some pretty dense reeds and dodging old stumps and fallen trees. We saw some pretty awesome wildlife out there, but at one point we saw a creature we didn't expect to see at all. At first, we both thought we were looking at a Bigfoot, sitting on the edge of the water on an island, crouching down, doing something about 60 yards from us. My husband shushed me in motion toward it, and we both just stared. I tried to get out my camera and take a photo, but the wrestling alerted the Bigfoot, and it looked up, slowly stood, and loped back up the shore behind the trees. My husband called to it to try to get it to come back, but of course it didn't. <laughs> Love this guy. Yo, Bigfoot! Hey, come back here, bro. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, we paddled closer to try and get a glimpse of it through the trees and could see it meandering through the trees and bushes a ways back before it was out of sight entirely. When we got back to the docks, we told the attendants what we had seen, and that's the day we learned there was something called a skunk ape. Wow. Yeah. I, I think I love, that's such a cute story. I love her husband. Like, <laughs> yeah, right? just, wait, yo, Bigfoot, come back. Sees like, Bigfoot, wait, come back. I just want to talk to you real quick. Just just for a second, bro. My, my wife wants a picture. That would be me. <laughs> that would be me and Nick. If we saw Bigfoot, we'd be like, yo, come back. Nick drops his phone in the water. <sighs> Don't trigger him like that. That's so mean. <laughs> that happened. <laughs> Like, I take this boy kayaking once, and he gets capsized in the middle of international waters on the St. Lawrence, lost his brand new phone. We had to facilitate a water rescue and save his life. Anyway, yeah, if I, uh, if I ever met a Bigfoot, I think I would try to take his, I would try to talk to him for sure. If I ever met a cryptid. You would. I would talk, I talk to inanimate objects. I talk to any animal I come in contact with. I would definitely talk to a cryptid. Okay, but if you came up to a cryptid and you were going to talk to them, would you talk to them the way you talk to animals? You know that voice, you know? Yeah, it depends on the cryptid. Fresno Nightcrawler, yeah. Yeah, Frezzy. Nah, for for Bigfoot, I don't know. I'd be like, hey, are you Bigfoot? Like, I don't know. (laughs) He's so, so, like, human-like, it would be hard to not talk to him like a person. I feel like you you gotta be like, yo, bro. Like, you gotta, you know. Hey, man. Yo, I'm a big fan of your work, dude. I love how you scare bitches and avoid humans. Big, big fan. I, too, want to avoid humans as much as humanly possible. And don't like when people try to take my picture. All right, I've got one more for you. Uh, It's about some camping kids. I just want you to know there is almost no punctuation in this entire paragraph. Oh, no. Here we go. I didn't see the skunk ape, but he was there. My cousins and I went camping at their house once on their property in the woods, only around maybe 50 feet from their house. There were five of us, ranging from 8 to 14, and we were just goofing off in the tent when we heard this loud whooping sound from way out in the distance, like a very deep-voiced man screaming but not saying words. Period. Oh, God. We all got kind of scared, and one of my cousins said, maybe it's a skunk ape, and we all got more scared. So later, when I was trying to sleep, I heard something walking and making footsteps outside the tent, and then I smelled him, comma. It smelled disgusting, like really gross pond water and cat pee. I heard him walk around the tent a few times. I was frozen with fear and couldn't wake up my cousins, period. Then I heard it walk away, and I woke everyone up and told them what happened, and they said it was definitely the skunk ape, but don't worry because he's not aggressive, as if that makes it any better. (laughs) I mean, he right, though. (laughs) 
I love the left, as if that makes it any better. At least he knew how to use a comma at one. He did use at one comma. One point. This was clear when he says the ages were ranging from eight to fourteen. I think he's the fourteen-year-old, and he eight wrote to, this eight to fourteen. Mans is eight. <laughs> Mans is eight years old. No, let him live. You, you killed him. That was a one-shot kill. That's rough. He, he, did he was that just to like typing this like as it happened. Like, <laughs> yeah, like typing it in his notes. Yeah, like on his phone. Like no, this is happening as I read it out. <laughs> like scary stories to tell in the dark. Yeah, that's how fast. He, that's the only explanation. <laughs> no time for punctuation. No time. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so yeah, those are my spooky skunk ape stories. What is your take on the skunk ape? Now that you are an expert, just like me, and but not oh, quite I, like Dave. Yeah, I was gonna say I think Dave would not like that. I'm not going to discount the existence of a skunk ape because mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. fucking know. I mean, I've seen, like, that one picture that that lady took. I yeah. mean, that does look like... We'll definitely post like, that on the Instagram. That's a fun one. He do be looking like Harry from Harry and the Hendersons. I mean, he, yeah. you nailed it on the head with that reference because now that's all I see. <laughs> but I'm not I'm not going to discount it. I'm not... I'm, uh, who's yeah. to say? I'm not... I, think, I don't know. I think as with all cryptids or supernatural type stuff, yeah. there are accounts that are legit yeah. and there are accounts that are not. Yeah. And unfortunately, the ones that are not often give a bad look to the ones that are. <laughs> I think it's definitely possible that there's some weird cryptid shit going on out in the fucking swamps of Florida. Oh, yeah. That sounds right. Definitely. That yeah. definitely sounds I'm likely. Not, I'm not gonna tell Dave, like, no, Dave, you're fucking crazy, because, like... Now we're gonna kiss up to Dave and get a free field guide. And he do be right. Like, I've never been down there to Florida, so you're right, Dave. I can't tell you no, that's fake. I went to Florida a few times as a child, and I'm telling you, in that heat, not one single person is out there surviving life in a gorilla suit. Which is a good point. Man's as hairy as hell. Yeah, well, it could be, like, dog fur, you know, keeps it cool. Oh, maybe. Or, like, cat fur, keeps him cool from maybe. the sun. And maybe that's why he's red instead of black, so he doesn't, like, absorb all that heat. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Plus, he's living in water. He's probably just, wa- like, rolling around in the mud all day to cool down like a pig. Oh, That's why he's stanky. Oh, yeah. I can't, I don't even want to think about that smell. Stanky boy. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah. Bigfoot cousins. That's fun. Yeah, I loved it. I didn't know, like, I didn't know about the skunk ape, like, at all. Really? Yeah. There's a whole bunch around America, but I think the skunk ape is my favorite. I, I just love the name. It's fantastic. And there's skunk ape, there's swamp ape, there's, uh, oh my god, now I'm not gonna be able to think of anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, there's, there's a, a lot, trust me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so we can, um, do more Bigfoot cousins in the future, yeah. or just bigfoot himself even though like i said everybody knows the story of bigfoot but like sharing stories would be fun i mean yeah like i i think there's we can definitely cover like first-hand encounters because i'm sure there's a lot of those oh yeah for sure um you know somebody sent us one i think i shared it on the live when we did it really yeah somebody sent us he was like in the military and they were doing like field practice stuff like Mm -hmm. out in the wilderness and he woke up and saw what he thought was Bigfoot, oh like, God. leaning against a tree, and he just stared at it for so long, thinking it was some kind of test they were all gonna have to wake up and deal with, oh. and then he just walked away. So yeah, cryptids, my favorite thing. I'm so glad we got to finally do another cryptid episode, because yeah, it's my definitely. favorite. definitely. I enjoy it. I <laughs> Not mean, that it's been that long since we did Mothman, but I just I, cryptids. It kind of feels like it's been a while. Yeah. It, well, it yeah, because we took a big break yeah. in the middle there, so it, was it seems like a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. 
So next time we're going to come back with some more paranormal ghostly shit oh, for you. this is going to be a good one. We, the next couple of weeks we've got some really exciting yeah. topics lined up, so yeah. we're super pumped. So uh, we will see you guys then, hopefully. And in the meantime, make sure you're following us on Instagram and Twitter, both at UCF Podcast. And mm-hmm. remember, you can always DM us there, or you can email us with any questions, comments, concerns, or stories of your own at ucf.pod at gmail. And in the meantime, stay spooky, my friends.